Welcome to the Perimenopause Sessions, a collection of bite-sized episodes where I'm going to be explaining just what the heck's going on with your body and mind, help you sort through all the information that's out there, and share with you some simple strategies and hacks to help you navigate your way through the perimenopause transition feeling amazing. My name's Alex, founder of ChickFit and fellow perimenopause woman. I'm a women's fitness and wellness expert who works with women from new mum recovery right through to the postmenopause years. And I'm all about empowering women with the knowledge, strategies, and mindset that they need to navigate through life feeling their very best. Join me as we explore the perimenopause years. Hello and welcome back to the Perimenopause Sessions. I really hope you've enjoyed the first couple of episodes and it's been super helpful for you. And today I'm going to get just a little bit more specific because we're going to talk about sleep today because this is something that so, so many of you are struggling with. I've been through times when I have struggled with it myself, and I'll tell you more about that in a sec. And the thing with sleep is it has a knock-on effect on literally everything else. Now, all of those other things that we might be noticing um, at this time of life can be improved with good sleep. So if we're not getting good sleep, we're feeling more fatigued, we're more prone to mood swings and depression, and as well, it affects our hunger hormones, which I'll tell you more about in a bit. And that can contribute to weight gain and we lose motivation as well. So I reckon that this is a pretty key one to get right. And like I said, I actually started to go through a bit of a phase myself back in the summer, actually, several months ago. And it was really, really frustrating because getting to sleep wasn't an issue. But every night I do that classic wake up at like three in the morning, be really hot, lie there torturing myself, you know, all of those catastrophes. And, you know, you think about literally every conversation you've ever had and every decision you've ever made and all those kind of things in the middle of the night. And it just keeps you awake for hours, doesn't it? And then you seem to finally drift off again just before the alarm is about to go off. And that went on for me for a little while. I certainly noticed that, you know, if I drug alcohol, that it was worse. (laughs) But even without alcohol, it was happening quite a lot. Uh, In fact, most nights. But luckily, I made a few small adjustments and things have improved a lot. And I'm happy to say my sleep is really good right now. So obviously, the couple of bits that I did, the couple of adjustments that I made worked really, really well for me. But of course, I think that this, you know, this is an individual thing as well. I think that we all have a different fix for it. We all have different things that we need to try. And I think that for a lot of women I speak to, their frustration is that they are doing a lot of the right things. So, you know, and this was me as well. You know, I didn't take my electronics into bed. I'd leave my phone outside to charge up so I wasn't scrolling in bed. You know, I would uh, get the lavender spray on the pillow. I'd use my magnesium spray on my feet. Uh, I'd read a book before I went to bed. I'd go to bed at the same time every night. Now, all the things that they tell you to do to get a good night's sleep. And like I say, getting sleep was not the problem for me. It was the waking up in the middle of the night that really did it for me. And I think that that can be the frustration for people sometimes. They feel like they're doing all the right things and it's still not working for them. Now, obviously, if you are struggling with your sleep and you're not doing those things, then I think that that is a really good place to start. Like start with the basics, get the electronics out of the bedroom, you know, get a good book that you can read as you go to sleep 
try the lavender, try an Epsom salt bath in the evening, try some magnesium spray if you want to. You know, all of those strategies are really good, uh, you know, particularly if you have trouble getting to sleep in the first place. So definitely if you're not doing those, then do do them because, you know, I work with clients sometimes and say, oh God, yeah, my sleep's awful. And, you know, I wish I could get a good night's sleep. And then it'll later transpire that in fact, they lie in bed scrolling through their phone for two hours before they go to sleep. Clearly, <laughs> that's not going to be ideal. So if that is you, then start there. I know it's a really hard habit to break, but do start there because that can have you know an immediate effect. So what I'm going to do today is focus my attention on some other things that you can try. So this is for you if you have been doing those things, if you have been trying some of those strategies and it's still not working. And what I do want to do is emphasize that this is about a bit of trial and error. So you may try one thing and think, actually, that didn't help me at all. And you may try another thing and that may not help you at all. And, you know, you have to try three or four or five different things to get to, you know, to get what really works for you. And also give it time. You've got to give these things a little bit of time to see if they're going to work for you. But I think before we go on to that, I think it's really important that we understand kind of the whys and the wherefores of like, why is my sleep so bad? And, you know, this does happen. It does get harder to sleep in our 40s and 50s and beyond. And actually, some studies have shown that between about 39 and 47% of perimenopausal women have a sleep disorder. That's quite a lot, isn't it? So if you are suffering, you are not alone. And actually, that rises postmenopause as well. So this is obviously something that is going on for quite a long time. And therefore, we definitely, definitely need to address it. And those issues can include difficulty falling asleep, waking up frequently in the night, the early morning waking that I described, or the middle of the night waking. So it can be one of those things. It can be a couple of those things. It can be all of those things. If it's all of those things, then yeah, you're going to be feeling pretty knackered right now. And there's lots of reasons for this. I mean, our modern environment isn't particularly supportive to sleep. It disrupts our melatonin levels and melatonin is our get sleepy hormone. And I'm going to talk a bit more about that in a sec as well. So if it's disrupting our melatonin levels and our circadian rhythm as well, which is our kind of sleep-wake cycle, then it's going to be harder to get to sleep. And, you know, you're going to be thinking, yeah, but I've been living in this modern environment for, you know, the last however many years. But the problem is that once you get into this life phase, there are other things going on which make you much more sensitive to those things. So they are absolutely a factor and we need to bear that in mind. The drop in estrogen can affect our sleep-wake cycle. And in fact, some studies show that it's you know either too much or too little estrogen. So either way, if our estrogen is not well balanced, which it often isn't in the perimenopause period, that's going to affect our sleep-wake cycle. Then there are things like hot flushes and night sweats. Obviously, they're going to wake us up in the middle of the night if we're getting really hot. And on top of just being really hot, it kind of gets our you know stress hormones activated and raised. So the adrenaline gets going. And when the adrenaline's going, we're not going to sleep, even if we feel knackered. So that's not helping. Alcohol can be a factor because then we miss out on the quality of sleep that we need. And like I said before, I noticed that, you know, when I was having the issues in the summer, it was with alcohol and without alcohol, actually, because I don't, I certainly don't drink every night, but I did notice that when I did drink, it was a bit worse. Glad to say I can have a couple of glasses now and it's fine. But um, certainly at the time, I was noticing that when I was drinking, it was a lot, lot worse. And then stress, because if we're too switched on, if we are living life on the fast lane all the time, if we're finding it very hard to switch off, if we're feeling overwhelmed and all those things, it's going to be really, really hard to get that good night's sleep. Um, 
there are going to be other factors. Of course there are, but these are some of the key ones. So what can we do about it? Well, I've already gone through some of the kind of key cornerstones of good sleep earlier, which if you are not doing yet, certainly give those a try. But there's a few other really interesting things. A couple of these are the things that actually help me out. So one of them is more daylight, particularly in the morning, but actually getting outside, like not through the windows, you need to actually be out in the sunlight, ideally without any sunglasses as well, because the the light needs to get into your eyes. And what that does is it sorts out your circadian rhythm and it sorts out the balance of melatonin. And it makes sure that our melatonin is kind of peaking at the right times, that our circadian rhythm is kind of evened out so that we are wanting to sleep at the right times and wanting to be awake at the right times. And this is one that has really helped me actually, you know, getting out to do more walking outside. Even though I was quite active, I was spending a lot of my days inside with clients and, you know, inside doing massage and inside doing PT sessions in people's homes. And I wasn't necessarily being out. So being outside in the winter as well has really, really helped me. Addressing stress is huge. You know, it becomes an absolute non-negotiable at this time in life. And again, this was another big, big factor for me in helping me improve my sleep. You know, I had to, and I am still in the middle of a bit of a life and work overhaul, you know, thinking about how I can run my business differently, how I can approach things differently, how I can assess my success differently, even. All of those things are helping me to just slow down a bit, feel like I've got a bit more breathing space. Um, because, you know, I am, I've always prided myself on being a real doer. Like, give me a job, tell me something to do. I, I will flip and well get it done. Like, I'll get my head down. I work hard. But I've realized that maybe working hard alone isn't the thing <laughs> that we need to work effectively as well. So that's what I've been doing. So yeah, address the stress. Things like breath work. So uh, breathing in for four, holding for four, breathing out for four, holding for four, or simply counting your breath, breathing in and out for one, in and out for two, in and out for three. Anything that helps you to focus on the breath, slow the breath down is really, really good because it switches on your parasympathetic nervous system. That is your rest and digest mode. And we need to be in that to sleep. If we are constantly stressed, we're not going to sleep well not eating too late because this can elevate your cortisol. Okay. Your body is kind of trying to get through that food. It's trying to, you know, sort out what's going on with that. So it can elevate your cortisol if you eat too late in the evening. So be careful of that. And on that note as well, managing blood sugar, you know, we can be working in the middle of the night because our blood sugar has crashed because we're maybe not managing that so well. And, you know, that is one of the reasons that alcohol, for example, has an effect because it crashes in the middle of the night after you've had alcohol and then you wake up and you can't get back to sleep again. So managing your blood sugar is absolutely essential. And then another, this is a teeny tiny tip that you can try straight away. You can eat pistachios in the evening because that can help to increase your melatonin levels. So that's just a little quick win that you could try. So there are loads of other things that you can try too. And, you know, I've got a great big list of all sorts of things that you can try. But I think that those are, you know, the daylight, the stress, the managing your blood sugar, doing a bit of breath work, all those things are going to be really, really, really helpful. And not just for sleep as well, for like our whole lives, they're going to be really important. So hopefully you will find a couple of things there that you can try. And remember that, you know, you've got to choose what is right for you. And that means 
what will actually work for you to get you a good night's sleep, but also what's going to fit into your life in the best possible way. So my best advice is to get experimenting, but also to know that disrupted sleep does not have to be an inevitable part of the perimenopause years. There's so, so much we can do about it. Does it take a bit of work? Yes. But can it be sorted? Absolutely yes as well. And I am proof that I have come through that phase and come out the other side. It's not to say it won't happen to me again, but I'm better prepared this time. And I've got those strategies in place already. So I'm confident that I can sort of manage it better in future as and when I need to. So I'd love to hear what you're going to try on that. Um, I love hearing from you. So do let me know what you're going to try or what you have tried and what's worked for you. And if you've been enjoying these episodes so far, then I wanted to tell you all about a very special free event that I've got coming up for you. And this is especially for you if you've maybe been feeling more tired and less motivated recently, if you've been noticing symptoms related to those hormonal changes, and if you're feeling that you need to learn how to get proactive to make sure you feel amazing now and in the future as well. And it's a three-day online workshop called Fatigued to Fabulous. And over the course of three days, we're going to dive into the three pillars for a happy, healthy perimenopause, the mind, the body, and the soul. So if you're ready to go from feeling tired, unmotivated, maybe a bit overwhelmed by all the info that's out there, and you want to feel more energised, you want to get proactive about your health, your wellness, and your fitness, then you do not want to miss this. Go and hit the link in the show notes right now to join and do it now because I know how busy life gets. So make sure you don't leave without doing it. And what I'm going to do is I'm going to go live for 30 minutes each day of the workshop to teach you the fundamental foundations to a smoother journey through the peri to postmenopause years. I'm going to show you exactly how you can do so much more than just get through this life phase and instead learn how to tackle those pesky symptoms, discover the very best hacks and strategies for you and become your most energetic, awesome self. So excited to see you on the inside of that. And I know that it's going to be super helpful and that we're going to have a great time together. So head to the link in the show notes, get yourself signed up and I'll see you there. Right, that's it for today. So I hope you found all of that info on sleep really helpful today and that you're going to take a couple of those strategies away to try for yourself. And of course, please, please, please let me know how you get on. I love hearing all your stories. Until next time, have a wonderful week. Thank you so much for joining me for the perimenopause sessions today. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Please do leave me a rating or a review. And of course, make sure you subscribe to keep up to date with future episodes.